Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. The CFO role is changing rapidly, moving from cost controller to strategic visionary. And with every change comes opportunity. We are here to help you take advantage of this transition to win at work, drive your career forwards and lead with confidence. Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. So hello everybody and welcome to this episode of CFO 4.0. I am your your host, um, Hannah Monroe, and here with me again is a return guest. I'm very pleased to announce that we've got Ash Noah from the AICPA and SEMA because they're now a global alliance. I'm here to talk about um, why finance needs to invest in its people. So, um, So welcome, Ash. Fantastic to have you back on the show. Really, really delighted to be back, Hannah, and it's great to see you again and uh, looking forward to this episode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so do you want to just tell people about, for those that haven't quite listened to the last episode, a bit about your role with, um, with the organization? Absolutely. So um, my role in the association of AICP and SEMA is to focus on management accounting and the management accounting qualification, which we now call the Chartered Global Management Accounting Qualification. Um, I'm responsible for the research and development of the skills and competency framework um, and, and how that then translates into our syllabus, um, the examinations, and then the learning uh, around the management accounting competencies. So um, if you think about the CGMA, the CMA exams, that's my baby. Um, my role is all about thinking about the the skills and the competencies of the future, how we need to incorporate them into the qualification and how to make sure that our pipeline of qualified professionals continue to meet the need of the businesses and the uh, organizations they work in. So that's my focus. Absolutely. So you are the best person we could possibly have to talk about the training of the, both the existing pe- uh, t- people in finance, but also the next generation. So, so you know, what is some of the things that are feeding into this need for, for new skills um, um, and, and investment, I guess, in our finance workforce? Hannah, I, I want to start off by saying that uh, a lot of the organizations consider finance accounting as back office. Uh, and the first budget that gets cut is training, development, talent development, and supporting finance in that transformation journey they're in. Um, you know, people and companies spend um, multi-million bucks on consultants, on software, on getting new technology. but I just want to make the case that if you don't invest in the people that are going to be operating these new systems and leveraging these new technologies, you're not really leveraging this massive investment you're making in your transformation. So the the focus on people and, and the investing in people's skills and competencies 
should be as important as your investment in technology and in the transformation. So I, I just want to make the case that at the outset, we need to start thinking about investing in the people. You know, there was this joke going around on the internet. Um, CFO goes to the CEO and he says, boss, I need to invest in my people. Uh, there's all these new technologies, all these new skills and competencies they need. And, and I really need to be investing in my people. And uh, the CEO turns around to the CFO and goes, but what if you train all these people, give them all these new skills and they leave? And so the CFO scratches his head, <laughs> looks back at the CEO and he goes, boss, what if we don't train our people and they stay? So that's, that's really what we need to be thinking about. Uh, we, shouldn't, we should be equipping them for the future. We should be equipping them um, for all the reasons that you and I are going to discuss. Um, and, and let's get into it. You know, the role of finance has predominantly been to provide reports, curate information, create insights, and then um, communicate those to the businesses uh, through partnering, influence your business partners, influence your business, collaborate cross-functionally, um, and, and make this strategic impact to co-create value. That's really predominantly the role of finance. And as we are looking at this technological revolution in terms of the kinds of, uh, the kinds of um, uh, capabilities that technology is now providing with data and analytics and automation, um, the collation and information, the curation, and even the provision of insights is being automated. That has really accelerated over the last few years. And so if finance continues to remain in that box of, you know, I know, I, I know where to go and get the information. I know how to, you know, really work the spreadsheet and uh, get these insights out and give you all these graphs and pretty looking uh, insights from these trends, etc. That is going to be done by machines. So the imperative really is for your finance people to shift to the right and to be using the automated information, which is at, at the touch of a screen really now, but to, to take that information, take those insights and to start to execute. So it's not about production of information and insights. It's what you do with them. And, and so that kind of partnering, the, the, the traditional business partnering is going to be done by machines. And what humans should be doing is execution, which, and, and really things that the machines cannot do. And so the need for us to really acquire skills beyond using technology and beyond our technical skills and really move towards the human skills and the new mindsets which are required to collaborate cross-functionally to co-create value. And so there's this imperative that unless we get out of that automation box, we as finance won't be relevant. And so the CFOs, finance leaders really need to be equipping their future finance force to be able to acquire these human skills, these collaboration, communication, influencing skills, and to be able to operate these new technologies in order to co-create value.
And I think there's a really interesting point there as well is that you, you made a joke about it. You know, what if people leave after I've invested in them? But I think the reality is, is that actually this is the the element that um, of business partnering that people that get into that commercial finance role really enjoy. So if you don't create an environment where they can do that really um, value add and the bit that gets them out of bed in the morning piece, then you are going to lose them anyway. So it's a, it's an abs- it's a real paradox, isn't it? You know, you, you, you've got to do this um, and we all have to do this across, you know, um, industries in finance rather right. than waiting to, to to have that need when we have to recruit those skills in exactly exactly well said well said hannah and and uh, i am actually I, I speak to cfos constantly in conferences and meetings um, and and i know that cfos and finance leaders are very much committed to developing their people so i don't want to come across negative but but I, I was just trying to really heighten that imperative to invest in people. And this is the time. You know, you've had the great resignation. You've had, uh, a, there is a war on for talent. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, you know, investing in your people and, and equipping them for the future to, to make sure they're relevant um, as, as finance goes into the future is, is a great investment. It should not be seen as an expenditure. Uh, it should be seen as as an investment. Moving on to the other imperative, um, and and what we're seeing is that core accounting operations um, will really be only between ten and twenty percent of the workforce, um, and and you'll find between seventy and eighty percent of the workforce will be focused on. Business partnering on this decision support, value partnering, and really using technologies like cloud and uh, RPA, the robotic process automation, using capabilities such as in-memory computing, um, you'll be able to leverage AI and cognitive computing and provide predictive analytics, the visualization that we talked talked about, you know, um, information um, at the touch of a glass screen drill down capability, etc. Equipped with those type of technologies, what you're seeing is that there's a greater need for people to move out of operations and into the next level of the organization, which we call the big middle. And that big middle continues to expand even as the core accounting operations at the bottom continues to contract. And, and so in order to make that shift, um, you know, we normally get and cut our teeth in core accounting operations. But there will be a need for people to come in straight at that middle level and get up and, up and running, understand the business and start to make uh, and support decision-making, capital allocation decisions, decisions around commercialization, go-to-market, etc. And that requires business partnering and value partnering with several other functions, such as marketing, sales, operations, supply chain, etc. And, and so that continued investment in people, that continued investment in, in giving them exposure to other roles in the business, sending them off to other functions for a period, uh, which might be seen again as a, a waste of time, but it really is going to enable them to understand other parts of the business. And then come back to finance uh, with that knowledge of marketing, with that knowledge of 
uh, sales, with the knowledge of operations. It really enables finance to engage in value creation. And, and that takes me on to the next stage, uh, the next step in terms of um, value partnering and value creation. Value in an organization, what we've been seeing is be, it, value is becoming more and more intangible. So when you look at the net assets in the balance sheet of a company, it only represents about 10% of value. The other 90% of the value is outside of the PL and balance sheet. And so the, the imperative to move out of the PL and balance sheet and go into the aspects of the business model is really, really important. And when I say the business model, what I mean by that is the customer value proposition on the top with how an organization delivers value, how an organization creates that value, and how an organization captures that value. So value capture, creation, delivery happens through the business model. And if one has to move from business partnering to value partnering, one has to move out of the box of costs and revenues and really focus on understanding customer value proposition, understanding relationships, being engaged in relationships with customers, relationships with suppliers, relationships with investors, bankers, etc. Um, and also being engaged in the process of converting your raw materials or your inputs into goods and services. All of those areas are key to understanding the business and also delivering value. Um, things like enabling a culture, supporting a culture of innovation, supporting a culture of disruption, uh, being highly engaged in the strategy of an organization, all of these areas are outside of that costs and revenues box in the business model. And then also enabling the organization to invest in a platform, in a digital platform that is so essential today in order to do business with customers, suppliers, and any other partners that you engage with. Because without that technology platform, one will not be able to transform their business model and serve new products and services to their customers. As we've seen through the, 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 the pandemic, um, we had to find new ways of touching the customer because you needed touchless trans transactions, new ways of delivery, curbside delivery, drive-through banking. You know, all, all of these other business models uh, were, were, had to be uh, reimagined. Uh, in in order to continue to do business um, and e even restaurants with their takeaway takeout businesses etc. So it's it's uh, it's it's a core competency now that finance understands its business model and that finance is able to operate outside of the cost and revenue box. And again, in order to do that, it is essential to invest in that talent, invest in the training, invest in your people so that they are able to break that glass box of being in the cost and revenues box and, and go out to these other dimensions in order to interact with the business uh, and in order to co-create value with your partners. That's an incredibly high skill list for, for, for a role. And we talked about how 
operations is dropping down to about 10 to 20% of the core finance piece. You know, does that mean that we have to think about where our next generation of commercial finance teams are going to come from? Because the pool of resources that we're going to need at that entry point is going to be very different. Do you foresee people from other teams cross-training into finance? Or do you think there's a different route in that we need to look at? I think it's both, Hannah. So if we look at the the the, the old way, um, how we started off was uh, an I-shaped professional. So we'd have a specialist in finance, a specialist in accounting or a specialist in tax, and they would do their role. And then we progressed on to the T-shaped professional where you had these deep specialist skills. Uh, and then you had broad general knowledge about the business, commercial aspects of the business, uh, broad general knowledge about strategy. Uh, what we are now seeing is a move towards at least a two-legged, a pie-shaped accountant or a pie-shaped professional. And the pie-shaped being, it's, it's kind of a hybrid professional. You not just know finance, but to your point, somebody's come in from operations, someone's come in from um, IT, and someone's come in from the uh, software development team or supply chain, and, and they're learning finance skills. And, and so we are, we ending up with these hybrid professionals, um, who understand finance and also understand marketing, understand finance and understand the commercial aspects of the business. And as we move forward, what we are seeing is CFOs having, and finance leaders and their teams having to spin up skills very, very quickly in new areas. So as we progress through finance transformation, we're seeing um, you know, you need to look at process re-engineering. You need to look at perhaps some Six Sigma skills, um, design thinking to solve problems and, and getting this analytical and problem-solving mindset. Um, also looking at perhaps agile um, methodologies and agile skills in order to drive your transformation. Um, all our training has been around a logical sequential process, which is controlled. And we in finance think about a starting point and an ending point. And, you know, we think about the transformation over several years. But, but the way things are moving and, and the volatility and uncertainty today um, is driving us towards a more agile methodology. And so actually um, infusing that agile methodology into professionals is, is so critical. So so what we're ending up with is professionals with uh, multi-specialisms uh, and, and think about the shape of a comb uh, or, or key um, specialisms at different levels going deep and a, a broad general knowledge. And sometimes that broad general knowledge might include technology, but suddenly you find that in order to implement and adapt, you might need more skills in a specific area, whether it be automation or uh, you, you're building a predictive forecasting model, etc. You need to spin up some skills very quickly. So uh, what we are seeing a, a future mindset is a multi-skilled professional with broad general knowledge. And again, that is really the case for a continued journey of learning. Um, education and learning used to be this one-time event and, and a, a big certification moment. And then you think, Okay, now I'm a professional. Now I'm certified. I'm 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 done for my life. 
but but the 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 way things are going today, the pace of change and the speed of change and the rate of change is causing us to rethink education and think about uh, specializations that need to be engaged in as we go into different roles or different parts of the business. And and so getting your skills and getting your new competencies is a lifelong journey rather than a one-time event. And, and, and so these are all the reasons why we should continue to invest in people. Now, it's a really interesting piece, isn't it? If you think about the change that we've seen over the last couple of years um, in terms of not only technology, but the world in general um, and the difference in what, what skills, I guess, are needed on a day-to-day basis, it is huge. And, and I love your concept about lifelong learning. I've always been a massive proponent of that myself. Um, but I, I think it is, is key, I guess, the challenge for the CFOs out there is how do they manage the cross-section of skills that they have within the team to make sure they have all those bases covered for the different areas that they're going to need. Um, and yeah, it, you know, it'll be interesting to understand whether it, whether we get, whether people do all of the skills in their existing team, whether they bring in part-time support on different areas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, way forward, isn't it? it interesting and, and really complex as well, Hannah, to your point. Um, how do you build an effective team when you need so many different skill sets all working together? And again, it, it reminds me of, you know, having to create squads and understanding how to manage squads and having uh, multiple roles from multiple parts of the business within a squad and yet being able to lead it effectively uh, to deliver, whether it's a new product or a new service or um, it's, 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 it's a part of your transformation. Uh, this, this new way of it's, it's not about who I work for, it's about who I work with. Uh, and and to be able to make that transition, to be able to understand beyond my little um, sphere um, that the, there is a need to understand the wider scope of business and and all of that really, you know, it it, it brings us back to you, you need to continue to invest in your people. Um, so also considering the kind of roles, the new roles that are coming up as we see. Um, as we look across and look, look, look to the horizon, um, you're seeing in, in finance teams, you're seeing data architects, people that understand uh, data structures, um, people that can pull data from various sources, automate, um, and, and no SQL. Uh, a, a lot of finance professionals are learning SQL. Uh, I, I know we're going towards a, a no SQL, no code kind of environment, but in the meantime, um, we have data architects and we have RPA managers, um, people who are managing the robotic process automation. We have data scientists who are looking at uh, the big data and the enterprise data to, to gather these insights. Data scientists who are helping finance in automating forecasting, automating accrual entries, you know, accrual entries that would take three or four workdays. Uh, now takes three or four hours because of the automation uh, using trends and using AI. Um, the, the analysis that we can do, um, we're looking at behavioral scientists, looking at customer data and customer behavior. Um, scenario planning is becoming more and more important as, as we go into this world of uncertainty. 
um, there are specialists who, who in, in scenario planning, uh, in using scenario planning software and scenario planning tools. And ultimately, um, we're, we're also looking at the CFO as the chief value officer. And this chief value officer will need finance value architects. Uh, and so how do you, how do you equip, um, these new roles? How do you equip them to be able to deliver in these new positions? Um, and, and these are positions that already exist. Um, and, and so you, as you look to the future, you need to be thinking about having data scientists and data architects as a part of the team. Um, and, and really thinking about how do I, how do I engineer and architect value? Uh, and people who understand value chain and people who understand cross-functional collaboration across the enterprise in order to create value. And so the shift in roles also is an argument for, um, for continued investment in your people. Ultimately, I would say it's also about mindsets. And I, I talked about how finance has this linear, logical, step-by-step type of mindset. And, and fundamentally, we need to also embrace an agile mindset, which understands sprints and scrums and which is able to work in squads. And, uh, um, you know, you see some of the young, uh, younger generation coming into accounting, coming into finance. They have this technology mindset. You know, why am I doing this manually? How can I automate this? They fundament- fundamentally have an automation mindset. Um, how do we, how do we equip finance and accounting, um, our people in finance and accounting to, to create that? You know, why am I wasting my time on this boring, repeatable process when I can automate it? Uh, using data to solve problems, uh, using uh, analytics and design thinking. Um, so, so uh, having a data analytics mindset, uh, creating a problem solving mindset in your, in your finance function. Because if you really think about it, all your FP&A analytics and your decision support is about solving a business problem. Um, and, and so giving them um, the training around design thinking um, really helps create that problem-solving mindset. Uh, anticipating what is next in this uncertain world. Uh, there, are, there are specific courses that address anticipatory skills. Um, and then ultimately... Um, creating a value creation mindset, which is all about, am I adding value? Am I creating value? How am I engaging in value partnering is the question that all CFOs should be answering as they think about their role as the chief value officer. So everything we've talked about, Hannah, it points in one direction, invest in your people. Absolutely. And I love your concept of mindset, because I think that's that we, we very often, particularly in finance, we focus on the hard skills. So can I use this piece of software? Um, do I understand the technical accounting that sits behind this process, etc.? But actually, if you like you said, the, the agility that's needed in finance now um, is, is so much greater than it used to be. And getting people comfortable with a, having a direction rather than an end goal is almost uh, a whole new way of working for finance because 
we're so used to being given, you know, it's all facts and figures, isn't it? We're so used to really predetermined and clear boundaries, right? We like it as well. We like numbers because they add up. And when we add them up again, they add up to the same thing, you know, assuming we're using the same calculation, of course. But that's a whole different, like you say, a whole different way of thinking and a big shift, particularly for those that haven't grown up with that, that way of working. Exactly. Uh, give, giving you another example on, you know, w- w- when you're actually implementing technology, the way we used to do it is we'd bring in technology, we'd look at our process, and then we would adapt the technology to the process. So we apply technology on our current process. The future is flipped. Um, the technology that comes in is best practice. The technology that comes in allows you to increase efficiency, but it requires you to change legacy processes. So you no longer apply technology to the process. You need to, you need to re-engineer your process to adopt all the functionality that the technology is bringing in. That's again a fundamental mind shift, uh, mindset shift, because uh, you know we always think think about customization, and and but but this is not going to work for me, but. We, what we really need to equip our finance to do is to, to think how can we do it differently using the current offering in technology. That's, that's what is really going to increase the effectiveness and, and efficiency of finance. Obviously, do what I do. That's a really interesting conversation that I have a lot about um, why are you doing things this way. And one of the most interesting things that I have spotted and, and I've seen over the years is that Finance tends to be at the end of processes, right? So they tend to get all of the, I'm going to use the word guff, that comes from other teams. And actually, part of finance transformation is not only changing your process, but very often having to work with other teams to make sure that they're working in a way that enables finance to be effective. And that opens up a whole new wave of influencing communication skills of process engineering and knowing what questions to ask and when. And that isn't something that is commonly found, I guess in a lot of you know out of the box with a lot of um individual finance people that's not something they're always comfortable with they're so used to trying to adapt to the rest of the organization rather than necessarily challenge right and and ultimately hannah it is about really playing to our strengths as humans um there are things that machines can do really effectively and we should embrace that but we need to equip our people to then move on to and dial up those human skills, which are around the the professional judgment, uh, problem solving, using and leveraging that technology, um, collaboration and influencing, and and really um, moving from not just decision support, but actually to decision making and execution. These are the new skill sets, and and I really encourage the the. The, the leaders and the CFOs who are listening to this to actually invest in their people and those that are on their journey to becoming finance leaders um, to invest in themselves. And one of the things we said earlier, right at the beginning of the conversation, was we talked about how um, finance is almost at the end of the road when it comes to skills investment. So sales will get, you know, every course under the sun on how to close a deal, of how to negotiate and all those things. But finance tends to get left to the end. So 
how do we change that mindset within an organization? How do we justify the need um, and communicate it well? Hannah, I think it goes back to um, positioning finance not as a back office role, but as a role that creates value. So this fundamental shift that I'm, I'm not just providing you good information or good insights, I'm going to be able to help you as a business partner create value. And, and the minute you do that, so, so remember that business model with uh, value proposition on top, that is, that is value creation. That is front office revenue generating ideas in new product development, investing in new products, investing in new services, leveraging technologies and, and, and improving your top line, right? When, when finance starts doing that, you, you, you start to see finance as a value generating, value creating function rather than a cost center. And, and I think that's where finance leaders need to take the first step to start driving a value creation mindset. And that's, that's up to leadership. Uh, and as they position finance as a value generation machine, that's when you will then start to get the allocation of investment in order to create that talent and in order to create that competencies, those competencies that are required. It's, it's a bit of chicken and egg. But I think leaders have to take the lead and say, okay, I am going to position my finance function as a value creation function. Me as a CFO, I'm going to position myself as a chief value officer, and I'm going to start engaging in not just in costs and revenues, but I'm going to start engaging in customer value proposition, innovation, um, gener you know, creating a culture of innovation and, and enabling disruption enabling investment in technology for the business, not just for finance, but um, engaging in business transformation, creating these digital platforms that enable the business to, to leapfrog competition, etc. Those are the type of activities uh, and those are the type of engagements that if finance leaders take, then the organization sees them not as a cost center, but as a value generation center. So, so that would be my recommendation to those that are wanting to make that leap from a cost center to a revenue and a, and a value generating center. And again, bringing back something that you mentioned earlier, the war on talent as well. You know, I guess, you know, the having the, the training and the development in place is, is a key piece in terms of not only retaining staff, but attracting new ones. So have you seen that shift in the conversations that you're having with finance teams and that has actually become a key driver for employee uh, retention and, you know, making sure you've got the right team on board in the first place? People, leaders are, are really finding it difficult to find the right people. So, you know, they often go looking for that unicorn I, I want someone who knows the business. I want someone who understands the commercial aspects of the business. I want someone who knows technology. And I want someone who's really good at finance. You know, it's, it's really hard to find those people. So the, the only way to create those is to, to, to actually train your current people in, in, in those new skills. And, and so, you know, you do go, you do go looking for them, but if you don't find them, and you can't find them. They, they, are, they are unicorns. And, and you have to start developing them internally and looking at your current talent and investing in that. So, again, the case for, the case for investing in people. 
Hey, well, hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch up in uh, in a year or two's time, and we're going to have all of these unicorns across all of these organisations with these different specialist skill sets. But yes, thank you, Ash. What what some great insight I think for anyone listening in terms of understanding the shifts that you're you know you're seeing and almost like you say bringing it to the fore. It is a critical need and something that we you know in finance we need to do um, and to drive to drive um, this new value creation piece. Well, have you got any final thoughts or top tips for addressing this that you think people should consider? Um, in terms of building the skill sets within their team, anything that they can go away and think about today, just to get get the ball rolling as such. Yeah, I'd, I'd plug in for 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 our own organization. Not everyone is equipped to create um, these massive training centers and offer all the right structure of the courses, etc. Um, we are as as an organization really focused on equipping finance leaders equipping their teams. And, and so if you want a curated program that addresses these mind shift needs, if you, if you require finance professionals to be able to break out of the cost and revenue box and engage in the other dimensions of the business model, um, you know, look at CGMA, look at our Chartered Global Management Accounting programs uh, and, and the other offerings that are offered under the global management accounting um, uh, competencies. I think they will really help you um, to create these mindsets and to go forward with a program that you can plug and play instead of developing your own. Um, there are curated programs that will just allow you um, to get your teams on so that they're on a journey and uh, leave it to us professionals who are about developing these competencies find solutions find competency development solutions um i'm i'm offering you one of them but uh it, it is important for you to be able to focus on your current operations uh there's enough to do in in terms of delivering your um kpis and your targets and all your deliverables uh and uh you know if if you have these needs to develop your people do look to professional establishments and um, you'll, you'll find a link to um, our website and uh, my, my email and LinkedIn um, handle. Um, get in touch and uh, I'll be happy to help. Absolutely. So for anyone that's listening, um, so we'll pop all of that information into the show notes so you can access it. Um, for those that are listening to this on audio, um, you may not have noticed, but um, actually during this process, Ash was showing some great slides about all of the things that we talked about, all about um, the, the skills, the, the shifts in roles that you um, you can download those slides. The link will also be in the show notes for you to access as well. Um, so I want to say a massive thank you, Ash. It's been fantastic. You're always great to have on the podcast. You always add some great insights. So thank you again for joining me today. Thank you, Anna, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon.